You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. I've been in bands uh, starting from like 8th, 7th, 8th, eighth grade in school and um, just all throughout school. And then after, after high school, started playing professionally, um, touring at about uh, 22, 23, all over the country. And that lasted a long time. And uh, now I'm, uh, I work in my studio uh, recording tracks for people. And I have a couple of bands. I've got a solo blues group that uh, we just started uh, doing some gigs. And uh, I do a lot of uh, songwriting and mixing people's music. And, nice. and that's basically my life now. So you're, you're busy, obviously, with different uh, multiple bands. So people can hire you as well for mixing? Yes, mixing and also uh, individual uh, guitar uh, and bass and vocal tracks. Fantastic. Well, everyone too, as well, too. I've got Glenn's links in the website down below. We're going to talk about quite a few other things with Glenn's uh, website and his YouTube channel throughout the uh, course of the program, too. Some other things uh, that he sells services wise, so you can contact him through there as well. Um, but fantastic share. So thank you on that. And over to Jason. Uh, Jason, you, uh, you and I had the uh, pleasure of hanging out for the entire day yesterday, which was great. And one of the things you were sharing with me was um, like I knew about your albums in the past, but I didn't know the extent of the artists that you've worked with. And here's some names. Uh, and, you know, this isn't a, this isn't an opportunity I want to name drop, but it goes to show the respect in the community that you have with some of these major artists. Two things. Tell us uh, about the two albums that you have that, that are out there. Tell us how we can get them as fans and maybe just share as a few of the, the cool artists that performed on your albums. For sure. Actually, I have uh, I'm currently finishing my seventh album. Actually. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm, yeah. I'm five albums behind. So, no, no, that's okay. Um, yeah, back in 2005, I put my first solo album out, and it's all mostly instrumental guitar material. And uh, I worked with some some local musicians who were fine musicians, but I just kind of wanted to step it up for for my second release. So I ended up, uh, you know, through some NAMM show visits and making some connections with some different folks. I ended up on that album working with uh, quite a roster of guys. Everybody, Tony Levin played some, uh, three or four tracks on it. Kenny Aronoff, Marco Miniman, who I still work with a lot now. Uh, Chad Wackerman, Jerry Murata, the Bissonette brothers, Greg and Matt. So I did, did uh, I think that covers it for that album. Uh, so I've worked with, yeah, Tony Levin's been on a few albums. Uh, a lot now I've been working with Marco Miniman. Uh, did a really cool project with him back in, I guess it would be 2010, where... Uh, he sent out a 52-minute uh, improvised drum solo that he played. Wow. And he sent it out to a whole bunch of musicians, uh, among them Mike Keneally, Alex Makachek, some pretty well-respected players. And we were all assigned to compose music over this existing drum track, which was all this crazy polyrhythmic stuff that he's known for, which was just, uh, to this day, I don't know how we actually got through this thing, but everybody, nobody was allowed to listen to each other's respective project until it was done. And then we all released the albums and we actually got some coverage in Guitar Player Magazine from it. Uh, Barry Cleveland actually did the article who now works with Line 6 from what I understand. So, okay. which is kind of cool. So yeah, so I, now I'm working pretty much with Marco uh, solely on drums and uh, I did an album with him and Rick Fierra Bracci who plays with Earth, Wind and Fire. 
And uh, the new album, I, I, yeah, Marco's playing all the drums on it again. And I'm working with a new bass player out of uh, Sudbury, Ontario, actually, not too far from us, named Jason okay. Henry, who's just a, a monster bass player and uh, has, has filled in the rhythm section beautifully. So, yeah, I've been really fortunate over the years to work with some great, uh, great talent. Fantastic. And I, um, I'm going to go in a little bit of a reverse order here. I think it was uh, Jared from Tone Wars. He's saying that Marco auditioned for a Dream Theater. And that was awesome. That documentary that they filmed. I saw that. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I'm going to go on a, on a limb here and say I preferred Marco better myself. And he was he was in that uh, police tribute band, too, wasn't he? He's played. He's done a lot. I mean, you know, right now, obviously, he was with Joe Satriani for a long time, the Aristocrats. Uh, he's he's truly one of the nicest most humble people you'll ever meet and a complete alien on the drums it's 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 a uh, crazy to watch the guy do what he does it's just yeah it's from a different planet you know and and i don't want to undersell that either when i'm talking about it. i mean a lot of us have played in tribute bands but this was like a special it was like one of those um you know classic albums live kind of bands where but it was just the police and he was like Stuart copeland to a t yeah. yeah, just the energy <clears throat> to watch him play. And that's, he's one of those guys, and I know we're getting off on a tangent, but he's one of those guys that make you want to, you enjoy drums. And if you're not even a drummer, it's just like the Michael Jordan of basketball. He's like that on, on drums. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say hi to a few more people over here in the chat. Um, we had a little bit of gain issues. So Jason, you might be able to bring up your gain just a little bit more if you, if you can. Yeah, a little bit, a little hotter if you can. Uh, Let and, me know how that is. Check. That's good. That's perfect. Good. Awesome. Um, so Tom Morris is here saying hello, everybody. Andrew uh, Glenn must be using the arena reverb. <laughs> that was for the echo earlier. Uh, Don R is here saying, <laughs> and getting rid of the echo. No problem. It's always a work in progress. Uh, so Jason obviously is in the chat here as well too. Ralph Niedermeyer and Niederlander Jr. is here saying hi all. Our big old friend uh, Frank Rashad is here. Uh, happy Sunday, hey, Frank. What a lineup uh, with these guys. Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate that. Checks in the mail. Uh, Pastor Charlie Ryan is here, uh, a new a new fellow to my um, uh, to the program. So I'm very honored to have you, Pastor Charlie Ryan. Uh, says, "Hey guys, awesome to be in the presence of all this talent. Thank you. Um, Thank you very much. And I'm anxious to hear more about you. That's awesome. Um, uh, my beautiful nocturnal butterfly is here. It says, uh, "Make sure you're in the live chat. Yeah, there's a live chat and a top chat. So if you're if you're trying to follow this closely, there's you can chant, you can toggle that. And uh, I think you're probably talking to me because I'm not in the live chat, <laughs> so that'll help a lot. Um, so I want to in all your videos, Glenn. We see and we can see it today behind you. You have a beautiful and Jason too, a beautiful collection of guitars. But yours kind of wraps around the entire room. Tell us a little bit about your guitar collection and if there's any ones that I know it's like picking your favorite children, but uh, which ones kind of stand out as real favorites to you and why well um yeah i was fortunate enough to uh start my collection about maybe 15 years ago and just started acquiring uh i, I like les paul's i like the the heaviness of them and the sound they have a very unique sound uh, but i also like paul reed smith guitars mm -hmm. um they also have a very unique sound and of course fender strats have their own sound so uh, i really don't have a, a favorite guitar at this point okay. i use different guitars for different applications when i play out live from my blues gig it takes four guitars okay it takes a strat it takes a les paul it takes a paul reed smith and then it takes a uh i use a Variax because i can use the drop detuning so uh yeah i don't think i have a favorite but i do uh like each and every one of them for the difference in their sounds okay yeah. 
That's fair. I've got a story I'll share a part of it with you um, uh, as far as um, the PRS guitar is one that you'd like. I have a, uh, what is it, a CE22, not the SE, but the CE22. Like the, they discontinued them for one. I think they're making them again, the Bolton USAs. And it mm-hmm. was temporarily um, loaned to uh, Chan Kinchla from Blues Traveler. And oh, wow. I used to be endorsed by uh, PRS back in the day, and my artist rep has now passed away, which is was a, a very sad story. And the guitar has come, become even more uh, special to me. Mm-hmm. He had told me he was going to send me a guitar. And he says, well, I've got a banged up USA PRS, and I've got a Korean, brand new Korean here in my crib, he called it, for the artist. And he, and he says, what would you like? And of course, I made the dumb decision, said, send me the brand new Korean. And then, uh, you know, over Korean over American when it comes to PRS is a little big difference. And uh, I, I thought about it for a second. I called him right back and I said, um, hey, tell me about this banged up American. He says, are you interested in it? And I said, yeah, tell me about it. He goes, well, it's, it's pretty beat up. It's got some dings in it. It's been on the road with Blues Traveler, blah, blah, blah. And I think Chan Kinchla only played it once because he was a McCarty player. He probably still is. And wondered if his McCarty's had fallen over, broke the neck off and, you know, sent it back to PRS for repair. And they don't want any of their artists being without a guitar. Send them a guitar, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, came back. I, I have it now. And it's, it's stamped artist stock and, and I'll never get rid of it. He hopped it up with uh, Tremonti pickups for me because he knows I like more of a high gain. So real classic tale, if you, if you want to call that. Wow, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Good story. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, back to the chat for a quick second as well, too. Uh, Lenide Remy um, says, Jason's records are great, recommended for all who are into fusion. Uh, for sure, I agree with that. Uh, Tom Moore is mentioning the uh, Dream Theater audition. Um, and yeah, I'm a drummer with the Aristocrats and Satch. Yep, that's from Marcel Blade. I think I'm saying that correct. Uh, Lenite says he actually said he's not much of a fan of Dream Theater. That's kind of the reason why they went with Gene. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, if you're, if you're not really a fan of the, van, the band you're investing in, I could see the, the band maybe making another choice. That could be. Um, we've got your link for um, for Glenn's YouTube. Thanks to Nocturnal Butterfly. And uh, Jack Shea Martin is here saying, hey, Eric. Uh, Charles Green, what's up, guys? Um, and we've got YouTube as well, too. Paul Terrio says, two Helix Beasts in one show. I agree for sure. Andrew well, Bonica is doing the smart thing. He's going to the beach. Uh, everyone, hang on. Don't go to the beach until the show is over, but the beach would be a great place today. Uh, and Not on not on the Gulf Coast. Yeah, no, it, what is it like? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of rain. Okay. Yeah, we're we're great here. We couldn't ask for nicer. And Andrew Bonica is on the show next week, so that's gonna be a great discussion. Oh, awesome. That's gonna be a good show. We'll be back to three PM, I believe, next week. Um let me see here. Simon Hanna says, Good evening from UK guys. First time tuning in. Great lineup. Thank you for joining. Um and Ralph says, You all need to try Kiesel, Aries. Yeah, for sure. I've seen a lot of people playing the Kiesel. Do you you have any Kiesels, Glenn? No, I don't. I've been wanting one for a long time though. Yeah, yeah. You see a lot of people playing them, and they look like they're a well-crafted instrument. I've never touched one myself. How about you, Jason? Uh, haven't tried them. No, I've seen them. See them played many times in videos and whatnot. They look like nice instruments. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Very cool. I'm trying. Maybe Nam picks pick a couple up and see what they're doing. But uh, some pretty pretty nice ones for sure. Uh, from Ralph and um, Pastor Charlie says it's beautiful in Virginia. So that is uh, fantastic. So I want to recap a little bit on power cabs. Yesterday, Jason and I spent the entire day with the process was uh, what the intention was, was to do um, um, a review on power cab and Jason hadn't played one yet. So I'd like to start with you, Glenn. You've got a video out there, which is very, very good, by the way. And I've watched Thank it probably three or four times. Um, it was nice. It's nice and short. And I'm, I'm not going to be able to get ours as short as yours. Um, but that's a good thing. You know, it's, it's, it's yours is a good thing because you can consume it quickly you give everything that you need but share with that's the first time you got that cabinet and you know plugging it in and i want to compare that and jason will tell you what he thought and uh, i'd like to see the comparison between the two of you okay well the first time i got it uh, i plugged it in 
and I was using the uh, the uh, flat FRFR setting uh, flat. And I thought, first thing I thought was, wow, this sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. It had plenty volume on it. And I was using the line six link cable. And and, uh, I want to shout out to Frank. Thank you, Frank, so much. I do appreciate that. I was using the line six uh, link cable and I had read that people that are using the line six link cable aren't getting a lot of volume, but it was plenty, plenty loud. I mean, it's, I had it about uh, maybe a quarter up in my studio. So when I started look going through the settings, the different presets just on the unit itself, I discovered this one preset. It's called Cream. Yes. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute. And I started playing, and I'd hit a note, and it'll start, you know, that beautiful harmonic feedback that you want. And I'm, like, I was sold. I mean, just from the first ten minutes, I'm like, this is it. This thing sounds incredible. I'm so glad Line 6 came up with something that can do what this thing does. And my video, I go through the the different settings for the XLR connection in the back. You can you can actually go XLR straight into the console and you have all the different mic uh, settings. You can use speaker settings and all that. Mm-hmm. But I find if you just throw a 57 in front of the speaker, using the cream preset and it's i don't need nothing else i mean it's it's incredible well it's really funny you mentioned that two things i want to note about that first of all i want to i want to say something i'm not embarrassed to ask this question because i don't know the answer and i never profess to know the answers and it may seem like a silly question the line six uh l6 cable or the link cable it looks like a typical xlr i guess it would have two two female ends as opposed to male female end. would it is there any difference between a um between a regular xlr can you tell me about that link cable yeah uh, it's a digital cable. AESEBU is a digital format. You know, you got uh, SPDIF, SPDIF. A lot of people call it different things. Well, this is AESEBU, and it's a for it's a digital format. So it's not like an XLR cable. So I've never tried an XLR cable, but I don't suggest you try it. It's okay. not gonna it's not gonna work right. Okay, good to know. And I didn't know that. So, and I'll I'll ask the, the Line Six team about that as well too, because I didn't know anything about it. So that's awesome. And it's so funny. Like I know this might sound as a, as a sales pitch, but I know Jason's going to echo this statement, and I'm going to get his thoughts here in a sec. We did the same thing, and I did the same thing. Turning it on the the flat range, I loved it at first. I loved it. It was like, okay, this is very very cool. And I would still keep it there for a Variax, for a Variax acoustic. Then I tried the green was cool, went through the bunch, and I came back to the cream setting. And I could I could put on the cream setting and take the knob off and and leave it there for the rest of my life. And I'd be thrilled. Me too. <laughs> Jason, so you tell you tell us. You we walked in that room. Uh, we had you had about thirty minutes with that amplifier at best before we started hitting record on the camera. And you you tell me your thoughts. Um, what Glenn and Eric said. No, uh, uh, no, seriously, it was absolutely mind blowing. I mean, and and it's kind of funny to, to say what Glenn said, but it, you were basically uh, 
saying the exact same thing that I was going to say. We started off on FRFR. The thing that really I found interesting was we just pulled up one of my patches. I can't remember which, uh, what was the one we pulled up? Oh, yeah. So it was the patch I created. Not that I was trying to copy the sound, but when I did a cover of uh, Jakey Lee's Bark at the Moon solo, and I I don't know why I pulled that one up. It just happened to be where my, you know, mouse landed and clicked on HX Edit. But uh, we went right into the FRFR. So obviously I dialed that patch in on my studio monitors or, you know, or whatever speaker I was playing through at the time because I did that a while back and it just sounded and I think Eric will attest to this too it just sounded great through the FRFR mm-hmm. so it showed that you know I think the patches that you've even dialed in elsewhere and other monitoring systems are translating really well at least in that case and I'm assuming in, in most other cases if you have a patch that sounds good elsewhere it's going to sound good through this but then we, we switched the cab off and we flipped through the speakers and again we landed on that cream uh, um, whatever setting or mode or whatever you want to call it a uh, model speaker model and yeah amazing just incredible I don't think we left that again after that did we, we kind of hung out on the cream setting for a while and it was just brilliant and again like Glenn was saying volume wise man I, we were on about 3 or 4 or 10 o'clock whatever you want to call it and we couldn't stay at that volume level for too long in the room we were in. It was it was starting to hurt, you know. So yeah, there's there's plenty of volume there. It was it was good. And I, I'm totally mind blowing. I just I can't wait to get my speaker. It's just incredible. It's absolutely amazing. And I don't mean to interrupt just for a quick second. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Django Amadeus with a ten dollar super chat. Thank you so very very much. That's very kind of you. He says, Eric, Jason, and Glenn, thanks for allowing us to hang out with you today. The honor is all ours. Thank you for joining. Oh, um, yes, sir. Thank you. It was like literally we we put that on there it was about ten o'clock as Jason said, and it was it was to the point you know us guys we can all take our loud music but it was almost like too loud it was ear piercing but still tasty not razor blades flying at your ears just loud absolutely was. yeah and uh, the really good loud good loud yeah. it was a very very good loud um, and here's one thing I don't want to give away all the things that's coming in our video but um, and it was very hard for me to play guitar yesterday uh, let me tell you that I, I had Jason start right away and it's almost like you know you you watching Bay mom scene or somebody like that play it and it's like <laughs> okay well can I carry your guitar now sir so I was very intimidated but let's let, this is a testimony to what this cab can do so Jason just mentioned that he's using the bark at the moon patch which is pretty awesome uh, and I've got a, f- a fairly gainy patch at that and he's rolling his volume back on one of his. You were playing the Godin, correct? Yeah, I was just playing a yep. Godin Summit. Yeah. Okay, so he's playing the Godin. He rolls his volume back, and he had ja- beautiful jazz coming out of this thing. I mean, crystal shimmering clean on a Jakey Lee gain patch. Rolls his volume up, goes into a blues bite, rolls up more into like a mess. Uh, you know, just absolutely insane. So that really responds, and that's where the you know the the cabinet and Helix together, as you both know, really responds to volume. It's not like a one five ten. The range is just massive. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. It, it, like we, I think Eric and I both said, man, we just feel like we're playing through a really high-end boutique amp in the room, right? And we both said you could, we could have easily played a gig with that one patch, even though it was a fairly high-gain patch. It was just cleaning up so beautifully. So the power cab, the Helix in that patch, you probably could have done, you know, obviously not a lot of effects or anything on it, but just as far as getting good bare tones, it was just incredible. I agree. And at one point, we actually turned off. We were still using the J.K. Lee patch, I think, and we turned off all reverbs, delays. We had nothing but the amp. And yeah, yeah and it was beautiful. Great, I'd, yeah. I'd like to add one thing about any of you guys that are wondering about the power cab. Um, you do have high and low cuts mm-hmm. on the cab itself per preset. You can you can go through those different presets and adjust the high 
and low cuts to your taste. Like, as you mentioned something about razor blades hitting your ear. Uh, I've heard that so many times. This thing does not do that. It's, it's just like using a real 112 cab with an amp. And of course the yeah. amp sounds coming from the Helix. The, the, the power cab only gives you clean power in the speaker. So, but you do have high and low cuts in there. So they help out. As Jason said as well, too, this was really good. I'm glad you mentioned this. The fact that however you've created your patches on Helix translate very well. I believe it or not, for the first couple months, I only had headphones. I didn't have my really nice studio monitors yet. Uh, didn't Obviously didn't have power cab. And a lot of my patches were created on headphones. And I thought, I thought okay, you know what that's like in, the, in a lot of times in real worlds, you know, uh, trying to put that to power cab. It sounded great. There's nothing I really had to do other than learning some EQ steps now from Jason. I, I added some EQ out of taste, but I did not need to. I was not required to, to make that patch um, you know, sound uh, really nice. I think that has a lot to do with your your training. Mm -hmm. Your ears are very trained. That's that has a lot to do with why that worked. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? That's I, I agree a, with that. Jim. That's a great segue into the next question. Um, Jason's been noted as saying this, and I'm sure Jason hasn't pioneered it, but he he talks about it a lot. About um, and it's a great great statement. The fact that having a good understanding of real world uh, workings of pedals, amplifiers, effects, maybe some cabinets, an open back cabinet versus a closed back, you know, all that kind of thing will help you not just with Helix, but with any modeling system. It'll, if you have an understanding, you know the rules, and then you can break them. We'll start with you, uh, Glenn. What are your thoughts on that? Having that background before diving into the uh, modelers well when i started playing younger of course we had you know we had tube amps but i've actually been using modelers for a very long time uh, I, my very first modeler was a digitech gsp1 i think it was it was a rack mounted unit yep. um and that god i, I must have got that that must have been 28, almost 30, 28 years ago, maybe. Uh, after that, I, I went to the Digitech RP1, which was a floorboard thing. I had that one and, I, and I ran that through two Mesa Boogie amps on stage. So I've been using modelers for a long time, and they all use the same basic principle. It's a menu-driven interface. Mm -hmm. So uh, that really helped me today because it, they're so much more sophisticated now there's so many the menus go so deep and there's so many things you can do but because i had that knowledge from a long time ago using the modelers uh i would i can just i don't even have to read manuals anymore i just get the unit and i start messing around and i'm like oh okay this looks familiar but uh having used tube amps in the past it does it does help when you're using modelers because you know how a tube amp's supposed to sound so you want to try to get that same type of sound out of your modeler Fantastic. You know something? I would like to try this. I'm going to say this now as a, as a challenge to the three of us. Let's do this sometime for fun, and we'll either share them personally on our websites or maybe we'll throw them in custom tone. Let's the three of us create a patch, and the rules are no guitars in our hands, okay? And it can be your favorite kind of sound. Pick your amp, pick your effects, whatever you want. Drop them into HX Edit. Save that patch. Um, and maybe don't don't upload it to Custom Tone yet until maybe you try it. But maybe no tweaking. And just say, because uh, I want to show how easy it is to actually create something without really having a guitar in your hand and ha knowing how all the work is. We should try that for fun. Yeah. That would be great. 
All right, it's, let's, let's do I'm it. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. No, let's do that for sure. I got yeah. a big shout out to uh, Jared from Tome Wars, another $10 super chat. Thank you so very, very much. I greatly appreciate that. And I think someone else just popped up to uh, Ralph Niederlander with a $10. Ralph. Awesome. Thank that's you, gentlemen. Awesome. You guys are fantastic. Um, but that's where you you actually get to this point where the interface, thank, thank God for Eric Klein and his team, where user interface is there's just nothing like it out there. Uh, for, I mean, you can literally do that. You could be you could have like HX edit on your computer at work and, you know, point, paint some blocks, save it and bring it home. And, you know, and it got your tone when you get home from work and it'll be happy where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Let's go back over the chat for a quick second and we're going to come back and uh, uh, I've got some more questions for you here as well too. I just forgot where I left off and I'm going to try to find that. So thank you so much for all the super chats. So you guys are fantastic. Uh, Simon Hanno is saying uh, he's jamming on uh, Kiesel Vader um, while he's watching. That's fantastic. Um, and Jason, uh, sorry, Django Amadeus who did the super chat says, uh, hey, Eric, Jason and Glenn, thanks for putting this broadcast together. You're very welcome. It's a, it's a pay it forward. Thank you. We're just like sharing, the collecting knowledge Pleasure. and passing it on. That's fantastic. Uh, Pastor Charlie loves uh, Glenn's video. It's it's great. It's really good. Thank you. And I had to review it again just before ours too, because you know sometimes you know we we're so invested into gear that we need to watch other people's stuff sometimes. Not to copy, but I mean to at least just okay. What what was Glenn's aspect on that? And it's so amazing how we're all sharing the exact same feeling. The cream the cream speaker emulation mode flat uh, flat at the beginning to start with. It's like I think that's going to be probably ninety percent, at least eighty percent of the feedback the community is going to say too. I actually refer to Jason's videos a lot too. Uh, he's got his Jason has his great series on dial, his dialing in series, and uh, it's fun to watch how he dials these things in. Especially the thing with EQs. Using EQs is is it's almost like an art, you know. And Jason really has that down. And I love to watch how he puts these things together. Oh, it's man, it's really informative. Very nice compliment coming from someone of your caliber as well. Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And that's on to Eric's, what he was saying about the whole real world thing. And I think that's, that's how I always approached using the Helix right from the start. And a big part of it being the EQ stuff, just doing so many years of studio work and mixing as Glenn does as well. And he'd probably attest to the same thing. You, you get this sort of instinctive nature about where to reach for which frequency and what cue you need and how much you need to boost or cut and whether you need to boost or cut, you know? And I think the way the Helix is laid out, it's just so intuitive uh, because it's visual, you know, but having that real world knowledge of what does an R121 microphone sound like when put on this speaker, what does a SM57 or, a, you know, some sort of a Neumann condenser mic, what does it, you know, if you've used those in the real world and know that at a certain distance from a speaker, it's going to sound like this. And if I put it closer, it's going to sound like this. So having all that ability in the Helix, I found was just, I would just approach it like I would in a real studio. And I found that that was very effective right away. And it gave this sort of instinctive way of doing it. So when you mentioned about just creating a patch without listening to it, I actually think that that would be a fairly easy thing to do on the Helix, you know, given an amp model that you're somewhat familiar with, right? If it's an amp model you've never played before, that might be a little bit of a challenge because, you know, you may just won't know what's going to happen. But, you know, given an amp model you're used to, I think it would be very simple to do that. And that's, and that, and that's not a testament to us as much as it is to how well the helix is designed you know if you do have a little bit of experience with it it's so easy to use 
I think if you look at it too, like our, our, just because our marshals or our fenders or our EVA champs don't have a CPU in them, doesn't mean that we have to look at something that's on the floor in front of us that has a CPU any differently. Like you said, you're you're something is not cutting through the mix. Okay, I got to dime my mids right now. It's, you do it on your amp. You do it on the Helix. It's uh, you after you've done a few gigs, you know, uh, with pedals and amps, you know exactly what to do. If something's not working, you know where to go. And uh, that same thing applies to Helix. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's a question for you, Jason. You've uh, you've had a real nice collection. You're telling me yesterday some of the tube amps you've had over the years, um, and you can maybe share with us some of the ones that you've had that were you know some some you know boutique names and things like that. And I, I want to ask you the 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 question: Are you do you have any guilt over it? Do you have guilt letting go of the tubes? I haven't slept an ounce since I got rid of them. No. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I've I've owned everything from Marshalls way back, uh, Fender amps, you know, Twins, and uh, you know even some that were just bandmates of mine that. I I used and and quite a while back I settled in with the company uh, Buddha Amplification and I was I, I repped their stuff for a while did some NAM shows with them and became very good friends with the uh, the designer and builder uh, Jeff Bober who's just an absolutely as far as I'm concerned one of the best amp you know actual tube amp builders out there now and he has a company now named East Amplification so anybody who is looking at great tube amps he's a he's a great guy to look at but uh, so I owned a pile of Buddha amps after a lot of the more classic things I owned I was with Dr. Z for a while I played some of their amps uh, wonderful amps all of these were just incredible amps you know for and, and all very different um with the buddhas i had a twin master i had a uh, sd45 and sd30 uh, uh what else did i have i had i had four or five of them but um yeah and then you know they they got taken over by a very very large company and which I, don't, I won't mention the name of and it kind Please of is the same uh but jeff started his own company named east amplification I, I was using his amps for a while and they're wonderful wonderful amps and it, it that, i felt so bad when i had to send him a message and say you know i'm just not going to be playing these anymore man it's it's and it's nothing against the amp it's nothing against you you're the greatest guy in the world and your amps are the greatest amps i love them but i'm literally dusting them off every week and they're not getting turned on you know and you got all this you know all this uh, all these resources wrapped up in this equipment that's not getting used and it, it, it yeah there is a certain level of guilt at first right and it, it's it's almost a sad day who doesn't yeah right glenn you know it's <laughs> <laughs> only two i'm keeping right there yeah, right who doesn't love you know turning it on and smelling the tubes heat up and and the dust burn off of them you know like we all that's what we grew up with right and it's a tough thing it's in this it's almost a nostalgia thing right and it, yeah so it's strange. I've I've come to live with myself now. I'm okay. I've gone through therapy, and I'll, I'll be all right. <laughs> I said the same thing to you yesterday. I was like, I I almost feel like I need to see a counselor over this because same thing too. I'm not turning them on that much, and and I hate this. And I don't. It, it, they're expensive props. I mean, if you know, if I wanted dummy caps, I could probably put some dummy caps back there very easily. Yeah. Yeah. Get you a big a big uh, sticker. Yeah, <laughs> stickers now they look they look real. Find <laughs> a wall back there. It'll be all set. Yeah. Well, here's a question for both of you. Um, what advice could either of you share with people that are intimidated by gear, whether it be Helix or anything like that? That like I was like that. I was afraid to like any of the boss units and GT unit. Uh, I'm sorry, Digitech units and things like that. At one time, you know, I would be afraid to dive into menus and just I didn't want to have any part of it. And then I got into some uh, positive grid software, which I love a lot still. And then Helix come along and it changed my world. But Jason was talking to me yesterday. He likes to use ribbon mics a lot. And I told him, I said, I was honest with him, and I'll share this with the, the viewers today. Like, um, I know nothing about ribbon 
ribbon mics. I don't know how to use, I don't own a ribbon mic. And so there, because I have no knowledge of it, I'm afraid of it. And so how can I lose that? How can we lose intimidation by gear and just embrace it? Either one, any, any of you can go further. Or go no, for, um, Jason, go uh, ahead. Well, for, for, thanks, Glenn. For me personally, like, you know, the ribbon mic, I, like I said, I've owned them in the past and, and having the real world experience with them, you learn pretty quickly. And from, from talking to other engineers who've used them in the past and how they approach it, you know, one of the things with ribbon mics is you put them up, they're going to have a darker sound to them, but they really take high end and high mid EQ boosts really well and they don't get harsh. Right. So again, you know, in the helix, I, I knew that. So I said, okay, I'll put the ribbon mic on, I'll pull it back maybe four inches, which kind of takes some of that boomy proximity effect away from it, which, which the line six folks have modeled very well but it's still a little dark so I'm going to grab an EQ and I'm going to maybe boost up in the high mids and maybe add some some high frequencies to it and there it is but what you say about being afraid of it I learned a long time ago even with just guitar playing right we can if you're trying to learn a piece of music that that maybe seems too challenging well you know if we're afraid of it and never just dive in and go for it we're ultimately never going to learn it it's the old hockey analogy right if you don't shoot you can't score right so go for it what's the worst thing that's going to happen you're going to be no worse off than you are if you didn't try right so you don't like you've never tried a ribbon mic you're afraid of it put it on and go for it now it's too dark okay dial some eq in. you know it's just and and the beauty of this is what did we invest we didn't have to go buy a 1500 dollars royer ribbon mic and then go yeah. oh man i can't make this work we just simply turn a knob and turn it back to the sm57 we love so much and you just go okay that's my place that i want to be at you know so it's such an amazing place to be at we don't have to invest any more money we don't have to do anything we can always just go back after we try it you know but it, it's a wonderful time to be able to experiment with this stuff without having to actually spend a lot of money beyond what we've already put into our uh, our helix i like that how about you glenn um well i would say uh it's don't try to overcomplicate things okay okay start simple you know uh back in the day so you had you had an amp and you had a mic right start with that dial up an amp and if and it, it, it already gives you the suggested cab for that you know you can go through the settings of that or you can try a different cab my point is like jason said just keep experimenting you know that's how you learn listen to other guitar players sounds and then see how close you can come to that and just keep doing that over and over and over again and don't try to overcomplicate things that's the best advice i could give anybody just starting out or even seasoned players who are just getting into the modeling thing simple keep it simple simpler the sound the better it's going to sound yeah, better in my opinion. Yeah, that's a very good point. And like Jason I totally, said, totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, you're, well, you're like if I if I can say yeah. one thing about that. The funny thing is, a lot of times, as Glenn mentioned too before, these dialing in videos I do where I'm maybe taking an artist and trying to come as close as I can to the to the preset, and I always get some comments after like you're using too much EQ. How you know it's almost this like how dare you? You know, and I always <laughs> laugh. I always laugh at it because it's like if I'm creating my own preset just for use and. It would never be anything as complicated as you can, but this is for a whole other purpose. This is kind of to try and come close to, you know, something that already exists. So, you know, I think the danger of that is people look at it and think, 
oh, wait a sec, I have to put, you know, four EQs on to get this to sound good? And that's no, 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 I got to start putting a disclaimer saying you don't have to use all these EQs to have this sound good. It's like what you said, Eric, yesterday. What did we do with that patch that, that, that we plugged into the power cap? We turned everything off except the amp. And we mm -hmm. didn't fiddle with it, and it sounded amazing, right? So what Glenn said, I can't say enough in agreement with that, that keep it as simple as you can. And you're going to be pleasantly surprised, right, Glenn? I would say more often yes. than not that you go, this sounds really good, you know? And Yes, even just a, even just an amp and its cab and reverb. Yeah. Just that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Like I was saying to Jason yesterday, I'm, I'm using myself as an example of doing something wrong. And keeping it simple is is definitely the secret in anything. But I, I like to use pitch detune to simulate the Van Halen, modern Van Halen tune and uh, tone, I should say, and, you know, a bit of pitch detune. And I, because it's there and because the sky is the limit, I flew above the clouds with my with my my wetness of it. And and looking back outside, looking in just because it's there doesn't mean you have to use it on 10. Right. So uh, and use it in moderation. And once you start using things in moderation, then it comes it comes alive. And I was like, OK, now I now I get it. And the simplistic, as you say, I mean, it, it, that's definitely where it's at. Oh, and another yes. thing I say is the fact that we always say this as a cliche to people. You know, when you tell people to dive into something, don't worry, you can't break it. You're not going to break it, whatever. Um, like maybe if you do a bunch of things on Helix and you save a bunch of things, the worst thing you can do have to do is factory reset it or something. But Jason's talking about these ribbon microphones, fifteen hundred bucks and up. You could, if you're using one of these in real life, you could break it, and that's a costly, a costly <laughs> loss to you. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Glenn. Uh, um, over here, we're, we're all, all of us watching the show here with the people that tune in weekly. They know about Line Six Custom Tone, and that's a great place for someone uh, you know purchasing a new Line Six product uh, for, to, to get all these patches. Jason's patches, your patches. I've got a half a dozen up there. But you go a little further than that. You have some custom uh, premium presets that you create, not just for Helix, but for many other modelers and other Line Six products too. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what got you into that and and how you've evolved and what people can expect from your uh, premium patches? Well, I'll try to make this as short as possible. First of all, I want to thank uh, all of uh, you guys out there who have shown your continued support throughout the years. I really do appreciate you guys. And it's fun to talk to everybody all over the world. I mean, I get messages from, you know, in, in Russian, Italian all the time. And thanks to Google Translate, I can converse with these people. But how I got into it was uh, in 2013, I was in a band and uh, we, we did real, real good. And uh, I, I kind of got into a, a little difficulties uh, with, with the guys and I decided it was best that I leave that band. And I was walking away from a decent living. And I, I, I said to myself, how can I, how can I replace that income? Well, at that time, this was in 2013, uh, I had I already had a big following on YouTube. I had about a million views, and I had a, a couple of thousand subscribers. So, and I had I had already for years been making presets and and giving them to the people uh, on the Line Six forums and in the Boss forums. And so I thought to myself, I wonder if I wonder if anybody would be interested in in purchasing some of my presets. And so. Uh, I created a really simple website and I started off with just a few and all of a sudden it took off and I, I said to myself, man, you mean, you mean there, there's a market for this stuff. 
And so I kept building it and building it and and it's just gotten to where it is now. Uh, you know, I've got I'm, I'm not boasting or anything. I, I don't like to boast, but my YouTube channel has over 8 million views and it's like 20 something thousand subscribers. But the, the thing is, uh, I love talking to all of those people. I use my videos to kind of communicate to them what I'm into. And uh, it, it's amazing to me that on all of these different pedal platforms, there's so many people out there that don't, maybe know how or don't want to spend the time to try to create some of these sounds so that's why i do it uh i create the sounds as best as i can i try to come up with different ideas and so far it's been working and uh, again you know thank you guys so so much for the support well, I was reading some of the testimonials on your website before the show today, and there's some great feedback from people that are uh, previous customers. So obviously, yeah. people out there, and I think it's awesome. I mean, you know, you walk away from something that you probably loved, but for creative differences or whatever it was, you know, you decided to go away, and that's a hard thing to do. You know, knowing when to walk away, whether it's a job, a nine-to-five job, or a band, that's tough, especially if you love it. And number two, having that entrepreneurial spirit that spirit that you think, okay, well, I need to do something, and you know, you go with your strengths. You know how to create patches. Uh, you're doing it, and you know, it'd be different if you had to, you know, put on a safety jacket and go work in construction or something. But this is something that you were good at. And uh, more power to you. That's a fantastic story. And your channel is doing phenomenal. Um, Thank you. It's picking up like mad as well, too. Where he, this is, he was telling me yesterday some of the stats. Show me some of the stats. I'm like, wow, this is so awesome. So exciting to be, you know, in today's society with uh, YouTube, the way it's going. And it's it's a great place to learn whether you're looking to do plumbing repairs, home repairs. Anything. <laughs> it's Absolutely, not yeah. TV anymore for the most part. Anytime I have problem with anything in, in the house, like, you know, uh, dish, uh, uh, what, whether the sink incinerator, what, uh, the, what do you call it? The disposal. Yeah, won't work. Go to YouTube. Garbage yeah. disposal won't work. I love it. There's a couple of questions over in the chat. Maybe you guys can answer. Um, um, and I don't know this because I don't know about the Line 6 link. Uh, this is from Lenide. says, is it possible to use the input gain in the PowerCat Plus when using uh, Line 6 link? Do you know that one, Glenn? I don't think there's input gain. Okay. There, there, there's a, there's a, a level, there's a, uh, a level control, mm -hmm. but I don't think there's, I don't think there's input gain. I didn't see it. Like on the power cab, you mean though? On the power cab plus, yeah. I, I didn't see it. Yeah, there, that I do know that I didn't know if you could control it with a line six gain though, but I showed, we showed this in our video. You people will see this. You press the home button and you hold it. And then there's input gain there as well too. And actually, ah. I think um, uh, either Brandon from Line Six or Frank has shared Brandon's notes or whatnot, or it's a combination above. Um, that also helps you as well getting that good signal to uh, Power Cab. And what they say is you want to get it a couple times. Jason and I were playing yesterday, and we were red right away. That was mm -hmm. red on on the Power Cab, so that's a no no. So we brought the volume level back on um, on Helix substantially, and we had it at very best when we had it at that ten o'clock, and it was uh, earth shattering loud. We were just every once in a while you get a hint of an orange blink. So our game was pretty good. So if, if you're, depending on what your patches are and you're running, you can actually crank it up to an additional, I think 10, maybe 20, but I think at least additional 10 dB of input gain if you need it. I think uh. you're trimming it more so than, than adding, but it does show you that headroom, maybe lower output pickups and things like that. Um, so yeah, you press the home button and hold it for a second, and then there's a whole list of uh, okay options and that's one thing that we come to be uh familiar with with line six instead of giving us 50 buttons on something you know they the m multiple buttons will have multiple features and i love that 
Yeah, I I, I kind of did the same thing, but without knowing that there was an input gain, I just watched the. Uh, I had I had my helix knob set on, like you say, about maybe mine was set about three three o'clock or four o'clock, and for my patches that was getting me out of the red. So, but I didn't. I'm gonna have to check into that input gain thing. They say they say you should run the knob on the helix all the way up. Is what, they exactly what they're saying yeah and what i've done with mine i think a lot of people do i just started doing this now is i i disabled the the volume for xlr and then i only have it controlling quarter inch and oh. the other day i did something that was really cool on the channel here i wanted to hear what this sounded like in the real world and why not try it so i ran the xlr out of power cab uh, i disabled my quarter inches so i had nothing no quarter inch running the xlr up direct out to the mixer and it sounded it sounded fantastic obviously mono um but and here's another thing too people ask the same question and we addressed in the video does the volume of the di going out affect um what's going to the front of house and some people are like oh no we can't have that we can't have that and jason and i addressed this so that what they're what they're saying is okay so if i'm on stage with my power cab i'm a little i'm a little low i can't hear myself i turn up power cab and my helix is that going to go out to front of house louder yes and before people complain that's no different than your marshal on stage and you're playing all of a sudden sound check is good and then halfway through the first set you know i, I can't hear myself i go to my marshal and i crank my marshal well that sound man at the front of the house is going to have to compensate anyways so there's no there's no panic situation there i have a question though what you just said so you're coming if you would be going xlr out of the helix mm -hmm. into the front of house xlr xlr helix to the power cap oh okay and okay to the power cap to front of house i i, I see see i would uh, what i would do uh i would go xlr out of the helix to front of house Okay. Okay. Well. And then, and then I would go uh, quarter inch or line six link out to the power cab, and the power cab would be solely for my stage. Mm -hmm. it wouldn't affect the fronts at all. That's what. That's how I would do it. However, I, I think that's great. I think that's awesome. However, the you you know how much we're raving about this cream setting. Mm -hmm. that, that cream setting, that cream tone, will be sent to front of house if you go di out of it's 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 colored. <laughs> Yes, if you go DI out of the power cab, yes. Mm. You so can, the way I would say that would be a blessing. Mm. Yeah, well, you don't have the cream setting in the Helix, but you've got all the other stuff. So I guess it, it could work great both ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's really the versatility of it, right? And that's the versatility of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. We are getting close to the wrap-up of the hour. We're going to be dropping um, uh, very closely at uh, 5 o'clock because we have some other commitments here as well, too. So I'm going to try to go to the chat real quick, and i got one follow-up question for both of you. Um, Pastor uh, Charlie says the Line 6 L6 cable is 110 ohms. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, Nocturnal Butterfly says please leave a uh, thumbs up for these guys. Um, thank you again for everyone for the super chats. Paul Terrio is giving some uh, signs. Uh, and let me see here. Um, Gene Hartwick says, I, I had to mess with the outputs to make it louder. My band plays loud at rehearsal. And that's something I think all of us will agree on, too. It's in a lot, we don't always have the opportunity to, um, to, uh, to I would say, uh, tinker with our helixes at, gig, at gigs, but try to set your helixes up at a gig volume at yeah, rehearsal. And that's the best way yeah. to some of us don't even play live anymore, so that doesn't matter. But for those that do, you know, uh, your band will appreciate it if you tell your band members, I need 15 more minutes just to tweak before we start practicing. Uh, yep. Paul Terrio says, I, I'd carry Jason's or Glenn's guitars. <laughs> they are both fantastic players. Uh, I would be also intimidated, Eric. Yeah, I, I get like that very easily. 
uh brian Masoon says uh, uh darn late to the party that's okay you're never too late as long as you check it out and you watch back that's all that matters um i know i'm missing a whole bunch i'm going to try to skim through them very quickly uh <laughs> lenide says uh building patches at work do not lead me into temptation um uh, what's different about using the line six cable can you go over that again for gene hartwig well, it's a it's a different it's a it's a digital cable. It's not a it's not an XLR, right? It's A E S E B U, which is a f- digital format. So don't even try the XLR. You're not going to be happy with it. Trust me. No, I, I won't. And I'll, I'll get it. I'll get an L6 cable just so I can learn it and see. Uh, Paul Terrio says these guys are so humble. I don't think they realize how good they actually are and or how much we appreciate having them in the Helix family. I've learned so much from them both. Thanks, guys. That's what he says. You're thank very you much. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I probably can't get to the, all the questions here. I'll do my very best. Uh, Lenny says, Lenide says, I love my 5153, but together with the 212, it's so heavy. And in my perfect perfect world for me is when I've been uh, miking my 5150, which you can see behind me, I run that dry, nothing, no effects, directly to the center of my mixer, and then I put a helix left and right with wet, and I have more helix than 5150, but the 5150 is just that little sparkle on the center, and it sounds beautiful. So it, it is nice how you can work these things with so many combinations. Um, uh, Ralph says, as someone who is basically a roadie in the 80s, I don't miss the tube amps. That is one thing. You know, carrying the power cab yesterday, which is not heavy, about 35 pounds, was this. It's funny. 35 pounds wasn't heavy going to Jason's, but it was it was heavier coming back from Jason's for some reason. I guess we're just tired from <laughs> camera gear all day long and stuff like that. But it's a very light cabinet. It's not a problem. Uh, Gary Davlin says, I really like the new Waves uh, PRS plugins. I've seen people, uh, Jay Palmer's done some good uh, demos on that. That's very, very cool. Uh, Brian Cote says, my Helix is a great tool. I replaced eight pedals in my live rig just using the Helix as a pedal board. Fantastic. Everyone kind of echoing the same type of uh, statements of that. Um, Pastor Ryan, uh, Charlie Ryan says, I now have a plus now. I want to run stereo. Would it be better to get another plus or should I just get a standard? I, My opinion, I'd go two pluses. Gentlemen, what would you yeah. say? I'd go Absolutely. as well, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things we talk about in our video, pretty much our video has already been spoken about now, but <laughs> Jason and I talk about one of the questions that a fan submitted was, um, you know, would line, should Line 6 manufacture a, a stereo version of the of the PowerCab Plus? And, and there's, okay, here's, here's our thoughts on it. Number one, cool. It's a great suggestion. Great suggestion because we're all spoiled by stereo. But how is that stereo separation in a small cabinet, you know, relatively small cabinet? It's going to be a little bit bigger than the 112. Are you going to really benefit that full 212? Or uh, and how is the price going to vary between buying two power cap pluses? Now, obviously, the price would be a little cheaper having one um, than buying two probably. But I guess there's a, it's, a, it's a either or. It's a catch-22. I don't know. But it was a very good question. Power cap plus plus. Yeah, there you go. Plus plus. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. uh, I, think, I swear I, I don't know i don't know anything believe me i'm just i know i don't either and sometimes we have to be careful what we ask on the show too um yeah these people someday especially when the line six staff are on it's like oh can't say anything and they're like okay no nope. yeah they're they're over there who told them we were coming out with a, a dual cap <laughs> that's right <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get grounded. Glenn, oh. <laughs> let's, let's take the last five minutes here. We have five minutes, and um, both of you have extensive um, experience with other modelers. Uh, and Jason's owned some before, and, and Glenn, you actually make premium presets for a lot of these other modelers. Let, let's just talk about Helix for the moment and say how is it, or ask you how has Helix changed your lives? Other than the obvious, not having to lug the big tube amps around, I'm just like to see how it's benefited you as a musician. We'll start with actually Jason in this case. Okay. Yeah, I've owned a couple before, like we were talking about yesterday. I had the uh, camper for quite a few years. Uh, did a couple albums with it. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I, 
I wasn't really totally happy with it until I made my own profiles on it of my amps with the microphones placed the way I wanted and so on and so forth. And this idea that if I wanted other amps, I was, I was going to have to go purchase uh, other people's um, profiles kind of sight unseen other, you know, hearing people play through them. And it, it just didn't know if they were going to be good for it. It was fine. I mean, it was, it's a really great piece of gear, but what I loved about the Helix so much, well, the user interface, one thing, just having the tweakability that's there, right? And like we've already mentioned with having some real world experience with a lot of this gear, it just seemed very intuitive to me. And uh, I think the interface of the Helix over a lot of the other modelers, I find for myself anyways, is just very intuitive and very easy to use. So in that way, I, it's all about, for me, and I think I mentioned this last time we talked to Eric, is it's all about workflow, right? As much as I love fiddling with gear I really love playing and I really love recording and I, I just really want to get to making music I don't want to be that guy who spends the hour that I have 58 minutes of it getting it to sound good and two minutes playing it I want to spend two minutes playing it and then I want to get some good takes on tape or I want to get a good performance live or I want to do a good session or you know so it's all about workflow to me and it's just about what's going to get me there fastest I love it yeah, yeah. Glenn for me, I mean, when I first got the Helix, I had been using modelers for years, as I said earlier. When I first got the Helix, the first thing I noticed was how the notes seemed to jump off the guitar fretboard, just just like playing a real amp. And it, that was the first thing I noticed. But uh, I, I love the way that they laid it out. They've what they thought of how this thing works is just the, the the little things where you just touch the button to assign something i mean it's so easy and it, you can really get creative with you can do anything you can anything you can think of doing and i've done some pretty crazy stuff with these things so uh, just it, it's an awesome piece of equipment and coupled with the power clap cap plus and unbeatable combination Fantastic. It really is. Fantastic testimonial. We have two minutes left here, so I think we're going to wrap up right on the Helix Hour, which is awesome. I'm going to say two things quickly. One is a, st a statement, and one is a question, the last question for the the evening or the afternoon. Uh, one, uh, making some changes to my Patreon page here as well, too, so at patreon.com slash TV. It's going to be uh, much more uh, incentive-related for the patrons or the patrons, or whatever you call uh, the people that donate, the Patreons. Uh, so check out patreon.com slash TV. It's going to be very affordable for people, and uh, it's something that to take part in number two for anybody for both of you gentlemen anyone that's sitting on the fence right now they've got their uh, power cap pluses stuck in their sweetwater shopping cart we're just waiting for the reason to hit submit or wherever they're purchasing it from if they're sitting on the fence thinking about buying power cap what do you what do you say to those uh those musicians out there i say they should fill in my address <laughs> and hit add to cart and send it to me no i i personally i say go for it i from what for for what i heard and the short time i've played with it i i fell in love with it almost instantly yeah I don't, i'd say don't wait you, you won't be dissatisfied you won't be disappointed trust me on this one Awesome. Listen, this was fantastic. We, 60 minutes, we made the Helix Hour right to the minute. Gentlemen, thank you so very, very much for taking time out of your uh, beautiful weekend here. And I know, um, Jason, you have some commitments, so you go, get to those and have a good one. It was a on, it was a fantastic pleasure spending the day with you in the evening last night. So thanks again. It was, thank you, Eric. Likewise. Thanks, Jason. It's great. Rock yeah, on, guys. It was great. This was, was awesome, guys.
No, I can't. I can't leave without saying this Memorial Day. Thank you for everyone who has served, who continues to serve. I believe actually Andrew Monica uh, did some tours. Is that correct, Jason? And you guys? I believe so. Yeah, I believe that's. Yeah, there was something he shared yesterday. He was doing. It was a really cool guitar pose with uh, when he's serving some uh, uh, tours in Iraq. So thank you to everyone who yes. who's made this available for us to be able to talk and hang out in a safe environment today. Uh, very special day tomorrow. So I hope uh, everyone remembers and um, celebrate it with your loved ones as well too. And you know, remember the ones that are actually here with us still. So fantastic, yes. gentlemen. I'm going to say goodbye to both of you off the air. Everyone have a fantastic weekend and a great Memorial Day. Uh, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week on the Helix Hour. Same t- uh, actually, not the same time, 3 p.m. We're an hour earlier next week, and Andrew Bonica himself will be here from Line 6. And uh, be sure to follow those links down below for both uh, Glenn's uh, and Jason's Facebook and YouTube, and you will not be disappointed. Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications because when you see the stuff that they put out, um, you're going to pretty much stop what you're doing and plan your day after you watch these videos. And they're all usually very short, so you're not going to be a huge investment. So thank you, everyone. See you very, very soon. Thank you for the super chats. We will talk to you next time on this channel. Until then, cheers. Hey, EVH Gear TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book. There are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at evhgeardiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.